Oh my goodness. Thank God for the weekend. Woo! I'm just saying today is definitely necessary because I felt like this week in particular was very long. It so was. I'm happy to finally get here to do the show with y'all and to just sit back and talk about the things we love. Yes. Yes. Right now, what I'm not loving is this guy's Hoosiers are like giving it to my Wolverines. They are. It's kind of weird. I, we weren't expecting no, it last no. week when we saw the matchup. I was like, oh, man, yeah, that's yeah. that's in the bag for you, bro. But no, it's happening, man. I'm can, very surprised. Can you go blue followers? Say trap game. Right. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. Let's hope Harbaugh just gets it going. Exactly. But anyway, exactly. yeah, I love doing the show every week. I love talking about what we love, the industry that we love, the industry that we're in, and just everything that's going on. It The best day of the week for sure. For sure. For sure. And we have Drew Matthews on the show today. Yes. He is from She-Hulk most recently and so many different other things. I mean, we talk about it a little bit in the interview, but basically everything you've watched, he's been in. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I mean, he's a great guy, great individual, and you guys are going to love this interview. But that is later on the show. Now, let's get a little crazy. What's up, everybody? Episode 209, Woo! back in action. And yes. you guys know your host with the most, myself, JLo Fantastic, and the one and only Mal. What's up? Guys, before we tease the rest of the show, though, be sure to leave a rating on this podcast, ItCap Podcast. Comment below wherever you're listening or watching and tell us what you think about the show. Leaving a rating actually helps this podcast get seen by more people who enjoy entertainment news or those who are trying to break into the entertainment industry. That's what Crazy Ant Media and ItCap Podcast is all about, helping the up-and-comers yes. break into it and giving them the knowledge the to be in the room where it happens. You can do it. You can do it, man. <laughs> but there's a lot of good stuff going down in the entertainment industry this week. A lot of stuff from Marvel. We got some stuff from, you know, Warner Brothers Discovery and a couple of other places, you oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. But before we get this thing started, be sure to head over to our website, www.crazyandmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We got shirts. We got hats. We have anything you need for your upcoming holiday season. And be sure to follow us at Crazy Ant Media and at ItCap Podcast on all social media platforms to know when those sales are happening. Yes. Because we want you included in those, and we want you to send us pictures of you rocking that Crazy Ant Media gear because we're here for it, man. We love that interaction. It's great gear. It is. Uh, it's just great gear. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Completely agree. <laughs> but of course, you guys know we're going to have to start off with the juggernaut itself, Disney. Yes. As we told you last week that Jeff Levinus was on board to write Avengers The Kang Dynasty. Following the news of Destin Daniel Creighton, who would direct Kang Dynasty for Marvel Studios, and now both films have locked up their writers following the success of Loki and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Michael Waldron is set to write yes. Avengers Secret War. Now, a Secret Wars ha will have its own director, though it's assumed all parties will be in touch while the films are in development. But, of course, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige is producing and overseeing everything, so you know it's all <laughs> going to be linked up. Now, like Kang, the Kang Dynasty, plot details are being kept well under wraps. You know how it is over at Marvel. If you slip up with anything, Black Car is pulling up. And <laughs> I mean, our guest this week, Drew Matthews, he said, 
a guy slipped up on set and he never saw him again. <laughs> so, I mean, you never know what happened. No, it's true. But what now, though, the, the big thing, oh, my gosh, this blew up at the beginning of the week. Everybody's still talking about it today. And it, it makes, like, all sense why, because we got to see more and more and more of the upcoming Black Panther Wakanda Forever because it dropped another exciting trailer this week ahead of its November 11th release date. Yeah, November 11th is like right around the corner, y'all. The longer trailer shows a better look at the mysterious new Black Panther who appears to be a woman in a brand new suit. Now, everybody is thinking it's Shuri, but could it be Nakia, Okoye, or someone else taking the mantle. They're not giving us any clues yet as to who it actually is. There's also some extended looks at Namor in his underwater kingdom of Atlantis. Now, staying true to the comics, Namor can also be seen flying with his winged feet. That was a pretty badass scene. There's also a brief shot of the new hero, Ironheart, flying in her makeshift Iron Man-inspired armor. Now, as you guys know, the sequel will be without st the star of the first film, Chadwick Boseman, who tragically died in 2020 from colon cancer. The emotional teaser featured glimpses of Wakanda without its King T'Challa with a mural of his likeness uh, shown looking over the streets of the country. Get this, y'all. The teaser attracted 172 million views in the first 24 hours, standing among the largest in the films under the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That does not surprise me. I'm telling you, this could be the biggest film for I, I think it might it might unseat Endgame. Yeah, I mean it might the top three movies of Marvel that make the most money, Endgame, No Way Home, and possibly this one. So yeah. I mean there's a lot of anticipation, a lot of buildup for this type of content, especially when you know it coincides with real life with everything that was happening with Chadwick yeah. Boseman. So it's gonna be very interesting, but the trailers look so badass and I'm super excited to see it. Hell yeah. Super excited. Well, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, the WandaVision spinoff starring Katherine Hahn, has added a familiar face to its lineup. Emilia Claudefield will reprise her role as Dottie, the yes. neighbor to Elizabeth Olsen's Wanda that some audiences theorize would be the big bad of WandaVision. The series eventually revealed that the uh, neighbor Agnes, who's played by Han, uh, was pulling the strings when she was unveiled as the powerful witch, Agna Harkness. Now, Coven of Chaos is one of the half dozen series Marvel has on the calendar over the next few years, including, like we told you about before in the past, Secret Invasions, Echo, Ironheart, and Season 2 of Loki. Man, so, Daredevil born again. Uh, so <laughs> many things, man. So excited. A lot of good stuff happening. Ooh, I can't believe we... Uh, like you got to say that one because that's the only one everybody's talking exactly. about. Okay, so that's all the good news, right? It, it, Marvel Studios is definitely the juggernaut within the juggernaut of the mouse, right? But they also own other studios, 20th Century Studios being one of them, and it's not so good news for them. Yeah. Looks like the mouse is going to take a bath on this one. Amsterdam isn't generating the fire that the A-list cast was hoping for and is actually bombing in its debut, aiming to finish in third place, y'all. Mm. Get this, the film earned just $2.6 million from 3,005 theaters on Friday, and now it's only looking to open at $7 million for the whole weekend. $80 million budget on this <clears throat> thing, guys. It's going to open with $7 million. 
<laughs> yeah, that's rough, man. I mean, with that money that you're putting in, what that that's absolutely insane. And I, we were talking about it off air. It just doesn't seem like the typical, you know, moviegoers type of movie. Yeah. I mean, it looks like movie of film for a film buff. Yeah, no, honest. yeah, no, that's true. It, it is very quirky and odd. And like, you got to be a fan. Yeah. I feel it's not like they didn't market this film. They did. I mean, do. you've been seeing yeah. commercials freaking everywhere and the stars have been out there promoting the hell out of it. Um, in fact, we'll, we'll have one on soon, but yeah. So I just, I don't know. I think you're right. I think it's just one of those that just won't catch with an audience. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Maybe it has a second life in a streamer. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Kevin Dundred is set to join 20th century's kingdom of the planet of the apes starring Owen Teague, uh, Farrah Allen and Peter Malkin. West Ball is on board to direct this thing. Now, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes uh, starts an all-new chapter in the Apes saga, picking up many years after the conclusion of the 2017's War for the Planet of the Apes. Yes. We're hearing that Dundred will be playing an ape um, and that the character is likely to be the villain in the new film. So we'll keep you posted on anything that comes up from under those wraps. But, you know, that stuff's really sealed over there at Disney. Oh, for sure. For sure. I like that, though. We're yeah. Gonna get an ape villain like, yeah you know and is caesar still around like you know, exactly. we know, we know. justin long you know him you love him he's been cast as a series regular in goosebumps disney plus's live action series based on of course the rl stein best-selling books now goosebumps combines teen comedy with horror action adventure mystery and psychological thrill the series follows a group of five high schoolers who unleash supernatural forces upon their town and must all work together thanks to and in spite of their friendships rivals and pasts with each other in order to save it, learning much about their own parents' teenage secrets in the process. Mm. Long will play Nathan Bratt, the new school teacher who develops a terrifying connection to a decades-old supernatural murder. That so, sounds interesting. Yeah, I like Justin Long. I've always been a fan. He's kind of one of those guys who just, you know, you love to watch and things, so I'm excited. Agreed. I feel like the supernatural genre is making a nice little resurgence, yeah, for too, sure. to be honest. Um, well, this one is very interesting, and I wonder what happened here. We'll find out, I guess. Keanu Reeves has exited Hulu's limited series, The Devil in the White City. Now, the limited series tells the story of Daniel H. Burnham, a demanding but visionary architect who races to make his mark on history with the 1893 Chicago's World Fair. And D. Are Dr. H.H. Holmes, America's first modern serial killer, and the man behind the notorious Myrtle Castle, Murder Castle, built in the fair shadow. This was uh, Mark Reeves' first major U.S. television role. The eight-episode series is targeted for a 2024 launch with production not expecting co to commence until next year. So mm -hmm. maybe it's just probably scheduling things. Keanu's has a nice little resurgence recently, so right. that would make sense. But this one has been like on everybody's radar recently. So I'm kind of surprised yeah. that that happened. So. Maybe the nice resurgence, he just decided he doesn't want to be on TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't like, know. Listen, listen. <laughs> listen, guys, the film thing's picking up again. Uh, I don't know. I'm good. Oh, this one, it just only makes sense. After you add Reba to the cast, you're bound to get more country, right? So musical artist Lyle Lovett and Darius Rucker, Hootie himself, don't call me Hootie, <laughs> has been tapped to guest star in an upcoming episode of ABC's Big Sky. Lovett will play Tech. 
Rex, an expert tracker with a quiet menace hidden beneath a courteous gentleman cowboy exterior. Like a snake charmer, his grit for music makes him all the more deadly. Rucker will portray Possum, a hired gun who works at night like his nocturnal namesake and Texas partner, for better or worse, on this particular job. Mm. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, for The two sure. of them just even together as, as like a team is interesting enough. Then you got to throw in Jensen and, and Reba and the gang. It, that That's going to be an interesting episode. Yeah, for sure, man. I wonder if somebody's going to rock his wagon wheel, though. I mean, <laughs> that's going to be very interesting. Well, I love it so quirky, though. Any acting that he's ever done, he's just – he's a very odd man. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's just going to be good. For man. sure. Well, heading over to Fox, more than two decades after The Animal was released, Rob Schneider comedy movie is getting a sequel on Fox's AVOD platform, Tubi. Schneider is back in Wilbur Price's starring role as Marvin Mange, a police evidence clerk whose behaviors changed after he got animal parts transplanted following a critical critical injury he also co-wrote the script produces and will direct the sequel whose green light hinges on fox's finalization uh deal with the studio behind the original film revolution now in keeping with the theme of the film the official logline for the sequel tentatively titled the animal 2 as it follows marvin mange and now old dog who needs to learn new tricks as he hunts down a new uber animal with powers far beyond his own so uh, that's very interesting i always remember the freaking the poster for the i never saw yeah, it but yeah. i remember the poster of him like peeking out with whatever the fuck on his face but <laughs> yeah i i have you seen this one i have Is it, it's what? just one of those ridiculously over the top campy just like how did this get made type yeah. movies um I don't think we need a sequel, you know, um, uh, hopefully straight to Tubi. That makes sense. I mean, that hopefully revolution says we don't need a sequel either. And just something can't work. Right. Out. I, mean, exactly. I, I don't know. Fox is also doubling down on Crepopolis. The network has handed an early renewal to Dan Harmon's animated series ahead of its full launch next year. The move comes at least six months before it's set to premiere as part of four show, two hour animated block on Monday nights from May 2023. The show will launch with a preview on November 27th and the network will bridge the gap between November and May with a series of digital content drops as well as blockchain business designed to carry into the summer block on Monday nights where it will be joined by Grimsburg, a comedy about a misanthropic detective. That's the one with John Hamm, I think, wow. is doing the voice or whatever. So I'm excited. I mean, look, one thing that you can't argue about Fox, right, is they have animation down to a science. They I do. mean, The Simpsons has been on since before all of us were fucking born practically. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they know how to do it. So exactly. Go for it's it, going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting. Well, heading over to Warner Brothers Discovery, Mark Petowitz is stepping down as chairman and CEO of the CW after 11 and a half years at the helm of the broadcast network. One of the longest tenures ever in that network's history. Now, the move comes as local TV giant Nexstar Media Group is taking over the CW yep. uh, with its acquisition of 75% stake in the 16-year-old broadcast operation. Now completed, he will be replaced by Nexstar board member Dennis Miller, who is named president, confirming new owner's intention to 
take the CW in a different direction. Uh, Nexstar signaled potential changes at the time of the August 15 acquisition announcement when its toppers said that the CW would be shifting towards border and cheaper programming, including acquired off-network shows with the goal to make the network profitable by 2025. Now, Petowitz's exit is effective immediately, and the respected veteran TV executive will be reviving his Pine Street Entertainment Company, which was producing uh, for under at uh, HBO or Warner Brothers Television when, in the spring of 2011, he was appointed uh, president of CW, which is going to be very interesting because if you think about the CW, you think of a lot of... Uh, darker shows a lot of superhero shows so and going in a di different direction i wonder how all of that is going to be i don't know i'm hoping for the best one thing that did kind of come out with like a little glimmer of light for anybody that was worried apparently the new owners next are uh they seem to be a fan they came out recently and said they are a fan of superman and lois and gotham knights and a couple of the shows that are doing well on the network so Hopefully that means they're not going to go away from that and that they're going to keep those. But I think even if they do like them and they do do, I still think like we've talked about on previous shows, the smart move would just be to move any of the CW superhero shows over to HBO max just and sense. just let them thrive. I mean, you know, it, uh, that just seems to be a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Cause I mean, they can still rebound and balance that out with everything with walker and now your walker spinoff and then you also have the winchesters come in and possibly other things happening with that so and kung fu and a whole bunch of other yeah. different types of shows that you can do um but yeah it's just going to be very interesting to keep up with all that stuff yeah you, you want this one? i know you want this one because oh, this is sure. your big thing why not <laughs> hbo has renewed ryan condal's overall deal Condal was originally signed into an overall deal with HBO back in 2020 on the heels of House of the Dragon, receiving a straight-to-series order with a co-created drama with Martin, who served as the writer and executive producer, as well as co-showrunner on the first season. Now, Condal was named sole showrunner for season two, and I'm super excited about it because a lot of these things are dropping off or adding on in the background, but it really hasn't affected the show at all. It's still badass incest. Man. Yeah, and it We're only makes it. sense they gave him an, a new deal because, I mean, the success of the yeah, show is I massive. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't so. love incest? I mean, <laughs> come on. Come on. I, I'm just saying. Hey, you know, speaking of quirky sex, <laughs> HBO Max's Harley Quinn is getting her very own Valentine's Day special. Harley Quinn, a very problematic Valentine's Day special, is set to premiere in February of 2023 on HBO Max. Now, per the logline, it will feature Harley and Ivy celebrating their very first valentine's day together as a couple while also revealing how the rest of the ragtag crew spends their gushiest mushiest most romantic day of the year that's gonna be fucking hilarious i, agree. I mean the way they've been just going all in on harley and ivy it, i can't even imagine what the valentine's is gonna exactly be like. for sure and the dude prequel series at hbo max from legendary television has cast Emily Watson and oh. Shirley Henderson in lead roles. Now officially titled Dune, the sisterhood, the <laughs> series was ordered at HBO max back in June of 2019. The show is set 10,000 years before the events of Dune and is based on the novel sisterhood of Dune, 
by Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson. Now, per the log line, the show follows a Harkowin sisters as they combat forces that threaten the future of humankind <gasps> and establish a fabled sect known as the Bean Gesserit. Now, Watson will play Vala Harkin, and uh, Henderson will play Tula Harkin. So all the good things have to me. Yeah. I mean, that seems to be a very cult following, and it's like slowly but surely coming into pop culture now. So we'll see how that yeah. goes. And it took a long time for that one to get greenlit and develop. I mean, 2019. I mean, shit. Okay. Yeah, right. That's all right. All right. Are you ready? I knew it. This guy knew it. You knew it. Yeah, come on. Everybody knew it. James Gunn, all the people that have ever worked on it, everybody. But now it's official. Vilma, she's a lesbian. Clips from the brand new movie Trick or Treat Scooby-Doo would show Mystery Inc. member googly-eyed and speechless when encountering costume designer Coco Diablo have gone viral on Twitter, confirming suspicions held by the Scooby-Doo fan base for literally decades. It's long been an open secret among fans and Scooby-Doo creatives that Velma is gay. Even James Gunn, who wrote the early live-action films, and Tony Servone, who served as supervising producer on the Mystery Incorporated series, have confirmed the character's sexuality but they were never able before this point to make it official on screen now fresh off the viral news that velma is officially a lesbian in the latest scooby-doo movie the mystery inc member is also getting more love in mindy kaling's upcoming adult animated series at hbo max according to the logline the series tells the origin story of velma dinkley the unsung and underappreciated brings of the scooby-doo mystery inc gang the original and humorous spin unmasks the complex and colorful past of one of america as most beloved mystery solvers. The 10 episode first season of HBO Max's Velma will debut in 2023. I'm excited about that. And it's a lot of good representation there. I mean, of course, they're trying to up their game because, you know, Disney's all on top of representation. Sure. So I love that they're able to go back to some of their historical characters and bring that aspect into it, or at least answer some questions that a lot of people have always been assuming. So it's nice. Yeah. And now that she's out, will Mindy Kaling put a lot more of that in there. Yeah. I'm sure at first it wasn't like she wasn't allowed. Yeah. But now that it's, Hey, just go for it. Exactly. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. <laughs> well, HBO max has given a eight episode straight to series order to how to be a bookie. Oh. Now the first comedy for the streamer of one of Warner Brothers Television's top showrunners, Chuck Lore, co-executive and executive producer of HBO Max's most watched off-network series, The Big Bang Theory. Now, actor comedian Sebastian Manifusco uh, from The Irishman is set to star in the single camera com or single camera series, which Lore is co-writing with one of his closest associates over the past decades, Nick Bacay. Mm. Now, the Lore's first sale since uh, the start of the pandemic in How to Be a Bookie, a veteran bookie who's played by uh, Manny Costco, uh, <laughs> struggles to survive the impending legalization of sports gambling, increasing unstable clients, family, and co-workers, and a lifestyle that bounces him around every corner in Los Angeles, both high and low. So that's a very interesting premise, and it's kind of now 
how would incident because a lot of states are allowing sports betting. So yeah, a lot of that under best friends, Marcus, Dave, and Sarah in their early twenties, who all work at the same terrible startup and all fucking hate boss. The official log line says the trio needs to start. And Marcus, the leader of the crew believes the only way to do so is to quit their awful job. However, before Marcus gets his chance, his boss fires him first. Now he really hates him. Levy created the series and also serves as executive producer showrunner. So how many people have not been in this situation where they have a fucking hate and they hate their boss and they don't want to be there? And I mean, this should be pretty funny shit. Oh, completely. And I mean, Levy has been killing it recently. Oh, for so sure. So really excited to see. Now heading over to Paramount, the iNetwork had a very good Friday night in the ratings wars. Now that 9 p.m. slot series premiere of Fire Country on CBS was the ratings winner. Now it draw in about 5.74 million viewers and beating out its competitors by more than 3 million. Yeah. That is impressive showing that uh, Fire Country made the number one series this season. Now CBS is, has now uh, the top three new series of the season of uh, the Fire Country and East New York and So Help Me Todd. So they're definitely winning when it comes to television. So kudos yes. to them. Yes. Killing it. Who's ready for more eggs and ham? Huh? I am. I know you guys are. The long in the works Frasier follow-up is finally a reality, guys and gals. Paramount Plus has given a series green light to the multi-camera comedy executive produced by Frasier himself, Kelsey Grammer, who is reprising his signature character, of course, psychiatrist-turned-radio host, Frasier Grain. Grammer in 2018 started fielding interest for a new Frasier series that would feature the title character in a new city and has been the driving force behind the efforts ever since. The project was announced as being in development at the streamer in February of 2021 at their launch event that year. The number of episodes has not been confirmed, but sources say will likely be 10. Details about the new series are also not being revealed beyond the fact that it is focused on Frazier Crane's next chapter in a different city. You guys remember at the end of the series, he moved. Uh, he will be surrounded by new characters with original Frazier cast members not expected to be series regulars, but could and probably most likely will make guest appearances. So uh, I'm so freaking pumped about it. I can't even tell you. Yeah, I was right? a huge fan of Frasier. So. I mean, it's definitely one of those like Seinfeld friends and Frasier. Those are like the three, I feel like from the early 2000s and late 90s that are the oh, definitions yes. of, you know, sitcom comedies and all the good stuff. I'm actually kind of surprised because we've been talking about this one for, I feel like over a year, yeah, yeah. over two years, and it's actually coming out of the woodwork and gonna happen. I didn't think we were ever going to see the light of day, I but know. I'm happy to see it. Well, and for everybody freaking out and worried about the original cast members not all coming back guys remember Frasier itself was a spinoff yeah from cheers they took a character moved him to a different city surrounded him with a new cast and boom so i think it's gonna be okay for sure for <laughs> sure well paramount plus has also greenlit a docuseries titled the change makers oh. now featuring the stories of the eight oh ordinary people fighting for a better world airing next year the eight episode show will feature a different type of storyline per episode focusing on grassroots activists facing challenges across the globe now stories will range from black mothers in the u.s fighting uh, the effects of systematic racism and indigenous people in ecuador protecting their land from deforestation and the show is part of paramount's content for change initiative which aims to uh, contra or contract racism, bias, stereotypes, and hate 
on and off screen through three pillars, one of which is focused on systematically transforming the creative supply chain. I love this, though, because like we say all the time, entertainment is the best way to educate. So this is a great way to do it. Yeah, and I love highlighting ordinary people making a difference in the world. Exactly. That's fantastic. I freaking love it. Way to go, Paramount. Paramount Plus has set a January 2023 premiere date for its upcoming original series, Wolfpack. The streamer also released the official teaser trailer during the show's panel Friday at New York Comic-Con. Wolfpack will debut Thursday, January 26th, the same day as its Teen Wolf the movie, exclusive exclusively on the service in US and Canada and then the next day on Paramount Plus in the UK, Australia and Latin America. Yeah, they announced both of those at the same time. They had the cast out there and everything. Not a whole lot came out of New York Comic Con. We were kind of surprised by that, but there's some big news right there for you. So Yeah, exactly. NBC Universal it's a fairy tale ending for Universal Pictures, which emerged from a heated auction to win Fairy tale mm. and an adaptation of the new Stephen King bestseller that Paul Greensgrass will adapt and direct. Now, the studio and streamers were all over this one since sources revealed that Greengrass would direct this one. Key to the deal making at Universal is a strong relationship with Greengrass, has at the studio and the Universal Filmed Entertainment Group chairman. Donna Langley. Yeah, now, Green, Greengrass directed the Borton films in Untitled 93 and most recently Tom Hanks star News of the World at the studio. Now, Fairy Tale follows a 17-year-old boy who inherits a keys to a terrifying world where good and evil are at war. And stakes could not be any higher as journeys into a mythic roots of human storytelling. Mm. Very interesting. A lot of different stuff happening there. Stephen King, man. He knows how to write them, and Hollywood knows how to turn them into movies. That <laughs> is for sure, man. That is for sure. Uh, so we talked a lot about this one finally being greenlit last week, and now we're, we're finding out more cast members. Nicholas Holt is in negotiations to join the ensemble of Robert Eggers' next picks, uh, which Focus Features is producing. Bill Skarsgård is attached, of course, to play the title character with Lily Rose Depp, as we told you last week, also in Talks to Star. Now, Eggers is directing and penning the script. So that, I mean, everybody loves that character. He's been used in so many different things. So I'm excited for that one. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I mean, decades, we're talking decades <laughs> after Nintendo's largely walked away from Hollywood following the infamous 1993 live-action yeah. Super Mario. Brothers film. Well, the video game company is returning to the big screen. The first trailer for the animated Super Mario Brothers movie dropped uh, to fanfare during the Nintendo Direct presentation earlier this week. Now, Chris Pratt, like we told you before, is voicing Mario, and Charlie Day is Luigi. Anya Taylor Joy as Princess Peach, Jack Black as Bowser, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, and Keegan <laughs> Michael Key as Toad. Super Mario Brothers opens April 7th of 2023 with Universal distributing globally. I'm very excited about it. I haven't gotten a chance to watch the trailer yet, but I mean, those people playing those characters, I feel like it's sounds really good oh for sure and you know everybody's been dogging chris pratt's voice and everything all like that so in the trailer he literally says two lines 
the yeah. whole trailer he says two lines. So I guess they're keeping that voice under wraps. You for know, sure, kind of thing. for sure. Uh, Chris Messina has been tapped to star opposite Kaylee Cuoco in Peacock's dark comedic thriller based on a true story. Now, inspired by bizarre true event, based on a true story is about a realtor, a plumber, and a former tennis star whose lives unexpectedly collide, exposing America's obsession with true crime, murder, and the slow closed toilet seat. Uh, I'm not kidding. Messina will play Nathan, the washed up tennis star husband of realtor Ava, played by Kaylee Cuoco. So that sounds interesting. Yeah, it really does. I man. didn't know we had an obsession with slow, slow closed toilet seats, but hey. Yeah, I have no words for that one. I have no <laughs> words for that one. Just don't take a dump on our lives. That's right. Um, Raya Perlman, Chelsea Frey, and Ronan Banchart are the latest to join the cast of Peacock's Poker Face. A mystery drama series starring Latasha Leon details on their roles as well as plot details of the anthology like series are being kept well under wraps. We just wanted to let you know a little bit about it. Yeah. And again, I'm just going to say what we've said on past shows, but if they don't use Gaga's poker face as a theme song for that show, Epic fail. Epic fail. <laughs> Jennifer Hiller's novel Little Secrets is being adapted for the small screen. The thriller is in the works for Peacock from Tish Cyrus. Yes, that Tish Cyrus, Myra's mama. Uh, Hopetown Entertainment, writer Melissa Scrivener Love and Universal Television. Now, Little Secrets is a female-driven mystery thriller that pays homage to the erotic thriller genre of the late 80s and early 90s. The series follows a desperate mother's mission for revenge against her husband's mistress after her child goes missing. Totally alternating perspectives between the mother and the mistress. The story dissects themes of lust, obsession, grief, and loss. Mm. Okay, that sounds interesting. It really does. I mean, I was, I'm in. I wasn't expecting all that. No, okay. I mean, hey. Exactly. Okay. Will yeah. Miley star? Yeah, I, I mean, just, are, I mean <laughs> just so many things there are. I think my heart, my achy, breaky heart. Like, <laughs> well, clearly that happened. The mistress got busted. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, heading over to Sony. Sony's Pictures has put together its filmmaking team for El Marito. Just stop. <laughs> the first uh, Marvel superhero movie headlined by a Latino character. According to superstar Bad Bunny, who recently made his film debut in Sony's Bullet Train, will star in this project okay. with uh, Jonas Curran. Uh, signed up to direct, and Gareth Dunet Alcor from Blue Beetle will be writing the script, and it's in early development. As is the case uh, with all of Sony's Marvel films, El Morato, a.k.a. Juan Carlos Escrita Sanchez, originated in Spider-Man comic universe as an adversary to the web slinger. Uh, like Venom, Morbius, and the upcoming Craven the Hunter with Aaron Taylor Johnson, El Morito will be an anti-hero story focusing on the son of the luchador who stands in to inherit the power of the El Morito. Of the El Morito. So a lot of good things happening, but I, you just can never trust the Sony-verse. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just I, my, 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 my advice to Sony, stop making Marvel movies. Yeah. You just, you can't do it unless you're going to bring Kevin Feige in to help you on every one of them. Like you did the original Venom. It's just pointless. They're all going to bomb for you. Yeah. Just, just give them, them back. Yeah. Just, just, just give them back. Just give them back. The cast for Sony's R-rated Jennifer Lawrence comedy, No Hard Feelings, continues to expand with Natalie Morales and Scott MacArthur joining the cast of the Gene Stupinski directed movie. The pick, which is currently shooting, follows Lawrence as a ne'er-do-well who is hired by a rich couple to befriend their socially awkward 
awkward kid. Mm. Now, Andrew Barth of Disney Plus fame, uh, he's uh, going to play the kid. His parents are played by Matthew Broderick and Laura Benanti. So that's going to be pretty funny, I think. No yeah, doubt about for it. For sure. For sure. Well, Lionsgate has just dated three theatrical releases for this year. The Sebastian Malacosco-inspired biopic about my father, starring the comedian and Robert De Niro for Memorial Day weekend, May 26th. The untitled Adele Lim comedy on June 23rd. And The Expendables 4. Everybody's fucking has walkers and shit for September 22nd. Now, About My Father will open up against Disney's The Little Mermaid on the four-day holiday weekend next year. The film centers around Sebastian, who is encouraged by his fiance to bring his immigrant uh, headdresser, Father Salvio, to a weekend get together with their with her super rich and exceedingly eccentric family. Now that's going to be very interesting. And Anders Holm, Brett Deer, and David Risch are also going to be in this one. Um, the weekend develops into uh, what can be only described as a culture clash, mm. leaving Sebastian and Saval uh, to discover that the great thing about family is every or the big great thing about family is everything is about the family. The <laughs> uh, the Adele Lim Ranchi comedy will open against Warner Brothers DC's The Flash on its new date. The fourth Expendables dates itself against the untitled DC movie in September 2020 or September 22nd. The film sees the return of Sylvester Stallone's <coughs> uh, 50 uh, plus 50 Cent and Megan Fox join the mercenary team, which also includes Jason Statham, Dolph Lundgren, and uh, Randy Couture, uh, Tony Ja, Aiko Isis, Jacob Scrito, Levi Tran, and Andy Garcia. So many different people there, right? Armed with every weapon they can get their hands on and skills to use them, the Expendables are the world's last line of defense and the team that gets called when all other options are off the table. But new team members with new styles and tactics are going to give new blood a whole new meaning. So there it is, man. I'm surprised they're making another one of these. Uh, me too. And look, look, here's the deal. I'm just going to make some predictions. Uh, the, the De Niro film opening against Little Mermaid, it's going to get its ass handed to it. There's no way you beat the Little Mermaid at the box office. That's just not yes. going to happen. Smart move by the untitled comedy because that's opening against Flash, and I don't think that's going to do as well as Warner Brothers wants it to do. So you have a chance opening against that one. This third one, The Expendables, I, I, we yeah. don't know what that DC movie will be, but likely it's not going to be The Flash, and we know. So it'll do well, and that means this one, The Expendables, will probably get its ass kicked. But, exactly. Hey, please order to the drama The Venary of Samantha Bird. Starring Catherine Langford, finally. I mean, gosh, I loved her on 13 Reasons Why. It's nice to see her in something now. She's going to be in the title role. Created by Anna Moriarty, the eight-episode series revolves around Langford's Samantha Bird, who, while visiting family in New England, Samantha reconnects with her childhood sweetheart and falls headlong into a seemingly perfect storybook romance. But underneath their fever dream lurks a more unsettling interpretation of this affair. The series is described as a haunting portrayal of addictive love and the repercussions that a relationship has on the families in a small New England town. Mm. Oh, so it can't just be a happy love story. Can't do it, man. Catherine Langford just can't be in a happy story. No, like, oh. exactly. Give her a rom-com, man. She deserves <laughs> some happiness in her life. It's Everything is so dark I'm in her saying, stories. Like, come on. Just saying. Well, Amazon and MGM's The Ten, The Rings of Power, not 
the Tin Ring, Shang-Chi, <laughs> um, has already started filming its next season, which is good because spent a lot of money on it. Yes. Production got underway Monday at the new hub at Bray Studios, just outside of London. The news follows the first official Nielsen rating being released Thursday for Prime video series, showing the Rings of Power top the streaming charts for its debut week with one point minutes viewed. The first season of the show was New Zealand over an epic stretch of 18 months during the pandemic. The economical and is also where the company is establishing a multi-show hub now the rings of power is and a preliminary episode of its debut season this week the show chronicles author J.R.R. tolkien's fabled second age as a group of desperate heroes gradually come together to fight the return of the darkness to middle earth the production has also announced that a new character, oh. uh, Cryad, who's not been cast yet, will be the old one of the oldest and wisest of the elves, would be joining this ensemble. So that's going to be very interesting. Gandalf, yeah, you shall not pass. <laughs> so there it is. It makes sense that they're trying to cheapen this thing up. I mean, they spent a quarter of a billion dollars on two seasons, so it just kind of makes sense. Bezos is like, guys, guys, can yeah. we, can we I figure love this it. out? It's great. It's doing well, but let come on. Let's rein that oh, in. Uh, <laughs> Till death do us part is the haunting overtone of director Jason Moore's upcoming feature, Shotgun Wedding, which combines the thriller romance and comedy genres into 100 minutes of action-packed content prime video dropped the trailer on this week to promote the film ahead of its anticipated international premiere on january 27th co-starring grammy nominated singer jennifer lopez and actor josh dumel who took the place of douchebag army hammer as an engaged couple the two are about to get married when the entire wedding party is taken hostage by criminals the couple must then overcome the bumps in their relationship to save their friends and family now teasing as the mixture of steam and bloodshed to come. The newly uh, distributed trailer includes a fleeting glimpse of, are you ready, ladies? Singer-actor Lenny Kravitz shirtless. <gasps> Shotgun wearing will be available for streaming in over 86 countries and territories upon its release. Now that's how you draw a female audience to your trailer. Exactly. Just put Lenny shirtless. I mean, exactly. That's so funny. <laughs> well, MGM Snoop Dogg's sports comedy, the underdogs had added Tika Sumter, Mike Epps, oh. Andrew Schultz, and George Lopez while casting the kid team of actors, which includes a uh, giant booth, Aiden, James Carrillo, uh, Kyla Davida, uh, Caleb Dixon, Alexander Michael Gordon, and uh, Shamori Washington. Billed as the bad news bears in the world of youth football, the <laughs> underdog tells the story of Jason Jennings, uh, two J's, uh, played by Snoop Dogg, a former NFL star who, after a run-in with the law, agrees to coach a youth football teams in lieu of prison in the hopes of relaunching his flitting, flitting career. Production is underway for an October 20, uh, 20th 2023 theatrical release. So that'll be very interesting. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. I think it's going to be good. Yeah. All right, jumping over to Netflix. Now, I guess this is finally a definitive move that proves that the theater chains now recognize Netflix as a movie studio because forever they fought like, no, they're not. They're not a movie studio. They're a streamer. We hate them, blah, blah, blah. Well, in a first, AMC, Regal, and Cinemark theaters have all agreed to play Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery in what's being billed as a special one-week sneak preview before the pick hits the streaming service a month later. 
Now, the three largest theater chains in the U.S. have all agreed to play the film for one week over Thanksgiving, a month before the highly anticipated movie comes out. The Ryan Johnson-directed sequel will open in approximately 600 cinemas. In addition to AMC theaters, Cinemark's theaters, and Regal, the film will play in additional locations in the U.S. and overseas. The movie's theatrical run is scheduled for November 23rd through the 29th and is part of a campaign to further eventize the film. This makes sense because the theaters are needing films because they're not doing as well as they want to be. This is a big film that was a theatrical film, but now going to be a streamer film. So, I mean, this is a win-win all the way around. I agree, because I feel like a lot of people were talking about the first one. So to be able to work with Netflix on the sequels, I feel like that's a good a good economic and viable decision. For sure. Just saying. Theo Rossi has joined the Netflix and Ablin trailer Carry On, opposite of Jason Bateman, Taron Edgerton, and Sophia Carson. Now, the pick centers around Ethan Kopik, a young TSA agent who gets blackmailed by a mysterious traveler to let a dangerous package slip through security and onto a Christmas Day flight. Wasn't me. Now, TJ Fixman penned the first draft of the screenplay with Michael Green doing most of the recent polishing. Dave Clark or Dylan Clark will produce. Uh, the film marks the first production to come out of the overall deal with Amblin uh, signed back in June. Uh, so, you know, I mean, things can be a slow moving process. So yeah. it's good to just uh, start to put things out. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Hey, have you watched this one yet? A lot of people have, apparently. Uh, I haven't gotten all the way through it yet. It, it's difficult to watch. I'm, of course, talking about Ryan Murphy's Jeffrey Dahmer series, Monster. It's breaking new records. In its second week on the Netflix Top 10 chart, the series has become Netflix's ninth most popular English-language TV show of all time. Netflix measures overall popularity by counting hours viewed in the title's first 28 days on the streamer. Now, after just 12... 12 days alone, Monster has been viewed for 496.1 million hours and still has 16 more days to climb even higher on the chart. According to Netflix's figures, at least 56 million households have consumed all 10 episodes, mm. which is in total about 8.8 hours of the limited series thus far. Now, this is the Evan Peters-led series, second week as number one on the English language TV chart. Between September 26th and October 2nd, it was viewed 299.84 million hours, making it the second most watched English language series in a week ever. Stranger Four, uh, season four of Stranger Things is the only Netflix title to beat Monster in that regard, which makes sense because that's not nearly as difficult to watch as this one. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. This one's hard to watch, y'all. It is. I got for the first. I got through the first five episodes all in one sitting, and then I was like, "Oh my god, I have to do something yeah. else." And then now it's gotten to the point where like. I don't want to sit down for all that again. No, so it's, it's just, it is very difficult. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know why we're all obsessed with this shit. <laughs> like, that's the real question. Why are we obsessed with murder? But in a good way, I guess. I don't who knows. <laughs> uh, Firefly Lane is coming to an end. The second season of the Netflix series starring Katherine Heigl and Sarah Chalk will be its last. The Aww. streaming service announced that a sophomore season will consist of 16 episodes who will be split into two parts. Netflix really likes to do this. They really shit right do. Now. Uh, the first nine episodes will be released on December 2nd and the final seven dropping next year. Ben Lawson, Bugarit, Garrett, Ali Shabai, uh, Joan Kurt, Roan Curtis, and Yul Yerman are set to return and four new cast members are joining. 
India Dill Buford as Charlotte, Greg Gurman as Benedict, Jolene Purdy as Justine, and Agnico Sharicho uh, as Danny. The show, which premiered in February of 2021, follows the lives of childhood best friends Tully Hart, Kate McCarlicky, and uh, while Tully is a popular talk show host, Kate is going through a divorce from Johnny Ryan, Tully's producer. Um, in the season finale, Kate and Tully are not speaking, and uh, the reason behind that rift has never been revealed. Additionally, Johnny was caught in a major explosion in, in Iraq after becoming a war reporter. Mm. That show just seems like a lot. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot happening. So hopefully while you're watching the show, it's able to connect all the dots. Hopefully. Yeah, uh, right. I mean, and if you, if it doesn't, well, you're not going to get any more chances. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Jump into Apple in a move that nobody saw coming. I don't think anybody was expecting to see this one to see that. Let me start that again. No one was expecting this one to see the light of day anytime soon, but Apple original films has dated the run from slavery thriller emancipation for December 2nd for its theatrical opening, followed by a December 9th release on Apple TV plus. This follows, of course, the film's first showing in D.C. with star Will Smith and director Antoine Fuqua. Now, who they discussed the fact-based film in a screening orchestrated by Apple and the NAACP during the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation's legislative conference. Now, there had been much speculation, as I said, as Apple and its filmmakers plotted just what to do with the film, whose status as an award season frontrunner changed the moment Smith slapped presenter Chris Rock during the last Oscars. But apparently they have decided to move forward with it. They are going to drop it in December, making it a prime Oscars contender. That's going to be really interesting because if it's a solid performance from Will and it's Oscar worthy and he gets nominated, the man can't even show up to win. Yeah. He can win, but he can't show up to accept yeah. it. Like that's going to be interesting, right? Like, it is. I don't, I don't think the Academy would let that happen. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think, oh man, it's so interesting, but we will have a guest on from the, or from that film to talk about it. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Uh, Apple and a 24 have dropped a first look at Jennifer Lawrence upcoming big screen return opposite of Brian Trey Henry as two people bonded by trauma in Causeway. Now, directed by first-time feature director Lydia, oh shit, uh, Nyg. Well, Let's go with Neuenbar. No, 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 Nogbauer. Nogbauer. <laughs> Uh, the <laughs> film features Oscar winner Lawrence as Lindsay, a military engineer who has returned to the States from Afghanistan with a debilitating brain injury. Henry plays James, a stranger who offers her a ride home and is also suppressing his own past trauma. The two begin to seek out each other's company as they provide solace, uh, solace uh, to each other on their journey to recovery. The movie will play in theaters and globally on Apple TV November 4th. I watched this trailer. Uh, it's pretty intense. There's not a lot of dialogue in it, 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 but it's pretty intense. And I have hope for this one because the accents weren't God awful. Mm. You know, I mean, so many times when it's set in the South or in New Orleans or where that just I couldn't even watch the Katrina thing. You know, it was so bad. But this wasn't too bad. They both did OK. And I, I have hope for this one. For sure. So I'm excited. Anders Holm has signed on for a major recurring role in Apple TV's upcoming live action Godzilla and the Titans series based on Legendary's, of course, MonsterVerse franchise from Legendary Television. Following the thunderous battle between Godzilla and the Titans that left 
leveled sorry uh, San Francisco and the shocking new reality that monsters are real, the Untitled MonsterVerse series will explore one family's journey to uncover its buried secrets and a legacy linking them to the secret organization known as Monarch. Now, Holmes' role, like the others, is, of course, being kept under wraps. Now, would that be mummy wraps? Because it's the monster versus night. Uh, who knows, man? <laughs> so much happening. But guys, <laughs> there is your industry news for this week. We're super happy you stuck around for all the craziness that was happening down in Hollywood. And yeah. You know we've got you covered here on ItCap Podcast. But now it's time for our guest, Drew Matthews, to come on the show and talk about his latest role in She-Hulk. And man, he also has got a good story about Paul Giamatti and working with him and a whole bunch of other things. This guy is a really genuine human being, so I'm excited for you guys to hear this. Yeah, you know, he goes into great detail about so much stuff for all you up-and-comers that you really need to listen to. And by far has one of the most entertaining, most embarrassing moment stories that we've ever heard involving House of Cards. You guys are going to love this. For one. sure, man. For sure. Well, here he is. Drew Matthews, welcome inside the crazy ant farm, man. How are you? I, I am crushing life. I'm living the dream. Yes. And I'm doing this show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that's I, what we love to hear, man. Living the dream. That's what we're doing every day, too. So we love it. You know, there you go. Yeah. I mean, well, if, if this is heaven, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Arrived. That's it. Fantastic. Right. Well, dude, we are super pumped to talk to you tonight. Obviously, uh, all kinds of listeners. Anytime we say anything from the MCU, they're all like, ah, you know, they're everywhere. And you're like right there. I mean, episode one, just like boom, there you go, boom. right? So yeah, love that. We're super excited to talk about that. And yeah. I mean, you've been in a ton of stuff of, that I watched over the years, man. I was start, I was looking over the resume, and I'm looking at all the appearances, and I'm like, damn, this guy's been in everything I've watched. <laughs> And yet like, no one knows him. <laughs> that's the best part. Right, exactly. You're you're like our second guest to say that. Sometimes that's a good thing that nobody knows you, right? It's kind of like up and yeah. down. So that's awesome. I can go to the grocery store. I mean, it's perfect. <laughs> that's exactly that. it. Well, what we it. like to do to kind of start off is just give an introduction to the fans who might not be familiar with you and everything. So tell Great. us, man, how'd you get started? Did Was acting something you always kind of knew you wanted to do or did you kind of fall into it? What, what's the path, bro? All right, let's get the spark notes uh, <laughs> yeah right now right. <laughs> no one really cares but let's act as if they do so um nah you know what my uh and and then the podcast became bad uh the, no um yeah so single mom taking care of me and she had a, a background and degree in musical theater and um so yeah anytime she was doing a play or a musical i was right there so from age of five, uh, musical theater. That was my start. And then um, totally quit uh, around right. high school. Major panic attacks, started freaking out. I don't know what happened, guys. We could talk about that another time. No. <laughs> but uh, I, I just was like, I don't think I can get on a stage. I'm panicking. Um, and then um, I, I was good at tennis. Uh, I, I'm, a, um, I'm very aggressive in whatever kind of training I do. Mm -hmm. And even though I, I like to do comedy, stuff like that, but the training is really important. So I started training in tennis because I didn't have acting anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I quit that and uh, I got a college scholarship. Uh, I turned um, pro. And when I say turn pro, let me be transparent. I played some minor league events, uh, didn't do all that well. And um, but I was also certified as an instructor. So I started training high performance athletes, taught a, 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 an actor from Dawson's Creek. OK, if you remember that show. Throwback. I do. Um, yeah. 
they were at the tennis club I was working at and they were like uh, talking about acting. They were like, oh, you know, you're kind of funny and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I was like, I would love to get back in acting, but the theater rehearsals and I'm just freaking out. I'm panicking all the time. And they were like, TV and film. You can make mistakes. <laughs> you can make mistakes. And I was like, I'll think about that. And then um, I couldn't stop thinking about it anymore. And, and there you go. And, and I, my Vampire Diaries was the very first TV show I ever booked. And then my big scene in the teaser of episode four. I think it was like four of season one. We didn't know what what it was when it right. came out in 2009. And then it got cut. So don't have like a a, a viewing party right. for yourself. <laughs> but you got paid. So, you know, it's all about oh, right? it. Yeah. I mean, I got paid. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, you but know. Anyway, and, and, then, and then I didn't book again for like five more years mm. and decided I needed um, – here I am back to training. I went, I decided I needed a different practical approach to acting and, mm -hmm. and get away from some of the, well, oh, this sounds bad to, to <laughs> say I got away from some of the, the artistry of it uh -huh. is um, I had to start understanding show business. I'm, I've mm. never left the artistry for sure, but um, I had to start working with a gentleman who was working. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, uh, and he was like, brother, you, you do not understand this. You're thinking like an artist. You right. need to start thinking like a working actor. And um, trained with him a couple of years. And then a ABC's Nashville. I, I got a booking on there. And from then on, I've been really lucky enough to book a, a, a few legit projects every year since. Mm, that's funny because we literally just had a guest on the show. Um, he was talking about, you know, you actually need to figure out the the process of, you know, the behind the scenes stuff and contracts yeah. and like yeah. finding the right agents and managers and publicists and all the stuff on top of you're in front of the camera yeah. on stage stuff, <laughs> which I know not a lot of people think about when they're like, oh, I just want to see my name up in lights. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, like sure. all the things. They forget the business part of show yeah. business because it is, it's a business and it's not just the artistry. You got to know how to handle the business side of it too. Otherwise it you're can get so really right. tricky, man. You're so right. I went to a, I did a table read. Yeah. I booked a faith-based project as a lead. Yo. Let's just start with that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so it never went anywhere. And, uh, but I went to a table read and this actor came up to me and he goes, um, after the read, he was like, man, you got your ass kicked. Wow. I'm so sorry, buddy. And I was like, what? Right. <laughs> I like did? What? <laughs> and I got, and, um, and he was like, hey, what he really said, he truthfully pulled me aside and he said, please don't fuck this up for the rest of us. And I had no under That was where, like, what? Right. Yeah. You're like. And, um, you know, uh, and I had never had that kind of pressure on like this very low budget thing before. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I reached out to the director and he was like, yeah, your table read you were you were playing at it you weren't you were faking all these things like why didn't you just read it uh, honestly or why didn't you do those things and i was like i didn't know right <laughs> i thought you were and he was like yeah we all got a little concerned uh yeah i wow. mean uh, that's interesting boom. and from that moment i was like um okay i'm never getting embarrassed like that again i don't care right. how many acting classes i will get in i uh put up my own money to produce uh, uh, my own film one time mm -hmm. and being a producer oh, yeah. I realized oh my that was the greatest see I didn't go to film school but but that was the greatest thing I could have ever done was get my wife's permission to <laughs> to take 
<laughs> to take thousands of dollars and put it into something and then watch other people not care about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and look, and this was like this was like crazy low independent stuff. It was sure. called the Arbors. And it was such a fun learning experience. I mean, it was it was great for our first time, but you got your first time making a feature. I didn't want to start with a short. Right. Right. Anyway, and just from renting cameras and lenses, and then I dealt with this actor, and he was like, I have to go call my coach. I I don't think I can do the scene. I'm all spent. And I was like, and I realized, like, the, the line producer's like, uh, we have to return the lens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he doesn't want to perform tonight, and the sun is setting. And I was like, what the what the hell have I been learning? And yeah. that's when I, you know, I was like, I've got to train way differently. And, um, and, and, you know, we all grew from that. Like that actor graciously was like, oh, I guess that wasn't like what I should have done, mm -hmm. you know? And we were like, hey, because a lot of times, uh, you know, this is a totally different story, but a lot of the training that I experienced, um, they were training you to be the 1%, like the yeah. one, the 1% that has the lead and has a year to prepare and you do all these things. Well, little Drew over here offended <laughs> every acting teacher on the planet because I had trained with tennis. There's a metric to that. Like if you hit the ball into the net, you know, like we all know it did it hit the net. Right. Like it's not up right. for debate. Like, well, I think his stroke was it meant something to me. All right. Right. <laughs> it was like, no, you hit the net. Like you yeah. lost the point. Done. Move on. And um, and as a coach in tennis, if you hire me as a coach, guess what I'm supposed to do? Make you good. Mm -hmm. You don't need my approval as a tennis player. I actually have to turn a profit on this. Mm -hmm. Like, and if you don't win that tournament that you've hired me to do, I'm fired. Yeah. So when I would go into these acting places and I would say like, so what? I didn't really hear you give any feedback on how they could improve that. I know you didn't like the performance, but was there a different technique they could have used? And, and they were like, you're going to be a lot of trouble. Because <laughs> <laughs> education in most acting classes, it, it's, very, it's really improving now. But, yeah. But to not have that respect for the other 99.9% .9 of people working on a project, I thought was, it was ludicrous. I thought that was... Mm. I mean, I just couldn't believe that. So, um, so anyway, once I started learning how, well, what's a screenwriter dealing with? And right. Like, how, right. How do you get this pitched? And now, when he says we're doing this, it would surely make sense for me to start learning what kinds of lenses they're using. And when they're like, we're probably going to digitally push in on this, Drew. So right. just know that they don't teach you that with Shakespeare. <laughs> no, no. no. So no. I was like. They're going to they're going to digitally push in. So guess what? I better give a nice performance that allows them to yeah. have room to do that. Right. And still let it be free and let it be fun. But also, I want to be on I want to be on your team. Like, let's knock this out. Hell yeah. And um, so I love that that teamwork concept. That was the you know, that was a beautiful thing about theater that I just didn't have the, the guts to get over. But um, I could now I can do it now. But, yeah. But anyway, um, but uh but yeah, just the whole team concept. Sure. Uh, I love that about filmmaking and, and being on whatever. Well, yeah. And, you thing. know, I think a lot of people too think, okay, I've got talent, so that's all I need. 
And, you know, Mm -hmm. acting is a skill. You can have all the talent in the world, but it's a skill. And at skill, you get better the more you perform it, the more you do it, the more you learn, the more you're coached. And I I think there's not enough people that are coming into the industry, like you said, that that are educated in the fact that, hey, yeah, you're a really talented guy, but there's a lot that you need to learn to make that work. And and so to have you say that, you know, because this show is geared towards the up-and-comers and people that are trying to get into the industry and stuff like that. So to hear that and know, hey, I, okay, I've got the talent thing, but boy, I need to figure out all the rest of that stuff. That's good. That's the kind of advice they need. That's the kind of stuff they need to hear. Well, you know what? So I own my own acting studio and, and our whole thing is a training facility. Right. Is what I mean, not a film production. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, our, mo- our little slogan is learn to act, then learn to work. Mm. And I think they're and I think they're both um, we're we're kind of missing some of those parts. And it's funny, some of the university students, when they graduate, they will come to then learn how to make income at this because it's a different set of skills. It is. And um, and when I started working, um, I remember Paul Giamatti uh, kind of oversaw Lodge 49 and I had two seasons on that show and mm-hmm. and I had to, got to do a scene with him and um, the basically uh let me not say that he made mistakes i don't no. want to say that. <laughs> but i heard him talk to another person about making mistakes mm-hmm. and he said i make i make uh, many mistakes i just recover faster i just don't stall production right right and no one's going to care if you mess up as long as you don't devalue everybody else's time i thought that was brilliant oh yeah like okay, I'm going to forget my line, but don't let me spend 20 minutes like coming up with excuses. Just call for it. Stay in it. Let's call it. Let's move it. And I have seen so many crews. When I say crews, I mean like uh, crew members. Those wonderful people that help us uh, have our dreams come true. I mean, I've seen them a size of relief on their face when they realize we might rap on time and they can get home to their families. Yep. They can do what they want to do. They've got their own life. And uh, I feel like um, I love the pressure of like working on the clock. Oh, you sure. tell me, let me tell you where I'm going to rise to the occasion. You tell me, Drew. All right. We were, sp- we're about to go into overtime. We don't want to do that. Now uh, we need to knock this out and you're going to get three takes. That's probably all we can do. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. I don't know why my my brain will get hyper focused on things like that. So uh, well, that's why I, I miss that. That's why I, I miss it. film, bro. Like I'm old yeah. school. I I like the idea that you are oh, limited. Like real film. Yeah, real yeah, film. Yeah, 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 it's like you've only got so many takes. We can't do seventy of them because we're you burning through. It. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so the pressure there, to, like to get it done, because you know, yes. right? Yeah, yes. man. <laughs> yes, I'm a fan of digital. Okay, I'll just say that I'm a fan. No, of digital. I get it. I I get it, and I and I get that we evolve with the time, but also we could maximize our performance time by being fully prepared when we arrive. Yep. Exactly. Um. Even no matter what we're shooting, I think, you know, that could also give us room for more options, Mm -hmm. uh, better choices for the editor, which then makes us all look better. Like we're all winning. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I think that's like something special to take away from sports, I guess, because like you were talking about that team aspect and be able to respect Mm. each other and respect each person's job. And, you know, if you run a Y route, you make sure to fucking block this guy to make sure that guy's wide open. You you know, know, I'm just saying like, it's just, it's very important to respect other people's craft while all working together. And I think that's something, a very important 
important lesson for the up and comers to learn before, you know, stepping yeah. on set for their first time and to try to learn as much as possible from everyone. Have a conversation with everyone and not think you're better than anyone else because <laughs> you're not. You're not 100%. at all. Um, yep. Because like 100%. you said, there's that 1% that'll make it up here, but everybody else, they're loving life down here and like easy breezy, living squeezy, rocking and rolling. Well, man. and I like that you brought yeah. up crew, right? That yeah. the, we're going to wrap on time because, you know, the majority, the vast majority of crew members are project to project to project. You go over, they're screwed on that next project they were supposed to be well, at, right? And like, I always think of independent contractors. Yeah. Man. That's yeah. like a wink. And it's such an inconvenience to then have For to. For sure. Think of all the time spent from crew members or contractors or anyone self-employed or, you know, and they're now having to like I rearrange and then it's a domino effect. Yeah. And so um, I do, I mean, there's been a couple of times where we've done some projects and, and I was like, we, I think we rushed through that without right. anybody feeling yeah. confident mm -hmm. about it. Right. But then there's been some times where I was like, I really am wondering like what, Ooh, yeah. what are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing? Oh, man. Well, but we got to talk about the biggie because, you, you know, She-Hulk, she MCU, not? right? You're like yeah. in there. You're coming right out of the gate. Your character, right gate. absolutely hilarious, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I, it was it was fantastic. And, you know, we Thanks. were talking about this. So we've had a lot of guests that are in the MCU and, and have been a part of it and everything. And we always like to yeah. tease, you know, once in. You don't know. You're you're there. You, I mean, they have this thing so laid out, so planned. You might be in like three episodes, and then five years from now, you go, "Remember that guy? Well, this was deliberately this way because now he's here." It's so and it's so like yeah. you know crazy. And um, yeah, I gotta ask because another guest that we talked yeah. to said that when he got on set, he had to get like in the back of this semi with all these cameras, and they do this like three sixty. Yeah. Like, did you have to do that? Like, did they do that to you too? Yeah. I was like, Gosh, <laughs> I wish I could. Man, I know I'm <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Foggy's pulling up to your That's house right. right now. No, I literally was like, I gotta like, yeah. Okay, where's the photo? Because I, I remember getting that photo because I was like, I have got to show. Let's see, how many years ago did I shoot She-Hulk? <laughs> um, no, if I can find it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send it to you. Yeah, for um, sure. I'll email it to you because it was so cool. Um, and just being like, what in the world? Right? Like, what is, is happening? I can't imagine yeah. that experience. So we, okay, so we had, um, well, I don't want to be redundant. Right. No, no, no. Yeah, so man, we're um, here so for your story. <laughs> <laughs> Should well, we start with the fact that I didn't know what I was about to do? Yes, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, that's the next thing about MCU, right? You don't even know it's a Marvel project. You're just like so brought I, in. I, yeah, my agent sent me an audition for an untitled TV show. And, um, I think there was a comic book reference and a breakdown, but okay. by yeah. no means did it say like what it was. Right. And it was just uh, the, the breakdown said, um, Harvard asshole. <laughs> Describes your character perfectly. I was like, no acting required. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh my gosh. Um, but ask my wife. No, uh, she, no, and so, um, so I, uh, yeah. And it was, two little scenes and um none of those scenes were a part of the project they they were right but upon viewing it right they did not make the cut so we must have shot like 30 to 40 percent extra stuff oh shit that that is not in it yeah and um 
maybe that's how it goes. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, did you get dummy a, sides when you auditioned? Did they keep it also secret, like the sides that you one got for was, the audition? Yeah. yeah, one was dummy, and and one actually was in the pilot. Oh, okay. Um, but it just didn't make the cut. So right. Maybe they knew that ahead of time. <laughs> maybe. We filmed it. We yeah. filmed it. Yeah. But um, but it didn't um, it didn't make it. So yeah, I'm reading for the thing, and I was like, this is kind of funny, and um, I was like, oh, this dude mansplains everything. So okay, <laughs> cool. And uh, my wife came in and read the audition with me, and um, but. The next day, she said, I think you could have done better. I don't think that was a good one that you sent in. You should go and um, get your, you should hold off on sending that in. Because sometimes yeah. I, I, I like to record early. Mm -hmm. There's a whole algorithm for that. I don't want to like, no, <laughs> that's that algorithm. But I like to, I, I've noticed that sometimes I can, I can everybody's going to disagree on this, but in the, the data that I've seen from the location that I live and the, the contacts that I have. So this could just be proximity based data, but it's almost like turning in an audition early, a B plus actor turning in a performance early, especially for episodic because you got deadlines. Right. Could sometimes get picked more than an A plus actor turning it in right on like a mm. few hours before it's due. Um, yeah. That's so the data suggests, right. The data suggests, I'm yeah. not saying it's true. That's very interesting. Uh, but it suggests that there is, um, we kept the track record of the last like three or 4,000 auditions at our studio from actors. And so it seemed like the people that turned it in within 12 to 32 hours mm -hmm. of getting the audition had like a 30% chance increase of mm, getting wow. of getting a callback. That does not translate to booking. Right, but right, getting right. somebody to say like, hey, I saw that. And um, yeah, so my wife was, so I sometimes I tape early and then I'll kind of sit on it and think on it just for, overnight just to make sure i didn't do something in desperation or out of the moment for just, sure yeah you know and then um she was like yeah you i don't think that was your best you got to do it again and i was like really oh man um she was right i went back and redid it and found some funnier elements because i had already done it right i right, made right. the first pancake the the iron the skillet was hot we kind of knew how to exactly. play together that's right and um yeah and that was when i turned in and then they were like uh, the, the casting director said that was cool. We want you to read for another role, and uh, which ended up being uh, Donnie Blaze. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I read for the magician on that, and they said they wanted to see my range, uh, doing stuff like that. And then they got me to do like a a little uh, director session. Mm -hmm. So I got to meet with our director Cat, and so she let me do some other scenes. And then kind of kept coaching me on that. And there was a panel of people watching. Wow. I don't know oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then um, I think I had to do one more time to get network approval. Nice. And um, yeah, we did that by Zoom because this was like still in the heart sure. of uh, the pandemic. So uh, interesting doing like network testing or approval uh, through Zoom like that. Can imagine. And, um, yeah, and they wanted me to do the scenes, and then let's try somewhere you just go off the cuff. Let's see how good your improv skills. Let's uh, let's banter back and forth, and let's do this. Now try this, and hey, what if they say this? Get your off-camera reader to say this in the audition, and see what your what do you think Dennis Rakowski right. would say? And um, I love improv, and and I love writing and and uh, joke writing and stuff like that. So so I felt at home in that. That was where I was like, yes, this is fun. And um, I think about a, a month later, they confirmed. And then, yeah, in April, I was, April or May, I, I started filming. That's well, epic. I love that you said that about the improv and 
you know, hey, let's read this and see how you would react. Like, what would he do? Because one of my favorite scenes is when, you know, Jen is just on the stand and she is just putting you into place. And and that look on his face, like, is that really me? Is that like, without saying a word, the look on his face is just like, yeah. <laughs> damn, I, whoa, that me? And you kind of see a little bit of like regret or remorse right there. Yeah. And then he just pops back to him. Like, you know, it's just like, but that was brilliant because to be able to pull that off without saying anything, just the, the sure. a range of emotion is brilliant. So well done Aww. on that. It's one of my favorite hey, scenes you. when he's just kind of <laughs> oh, like I... sinking down, like, damn, she's just ripping me. And like, is that really, I loved that, man. yeah i mean i what was really great about being on set was that they let us do let's do some takes let's honor the writer uh, Mm -hmm. let's honor jessica's writing and um let's get some some safeties and then let's play nice do you have an idea let's share so they actually had a lot of time uh budgeted in the week for us to goof around Nice. In a very positive, nurturing way when I say goof around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's very interesting, So that was really too. cool. Yeah, because, I mean, thinking about, you know, it being such a high-profile show, a high-profile project, you know, you always think about it's supposed to be A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Like, you know, yeah. straight line, cut to the chase, like all this good stuff. To be, But to be able to have, you know, that availability and that flexibility to be able to show your muscles a little bit and show what you can do. And I think that's really cool and that's really special. And you always want to hear the best from the best franchise that's out right now. So that's awesome to hear. It was honestly, it sounds so trite or like I got paid to say this, but um, it was the most fun I've ever had. If I was like, and let me tell you this, if that had been my first booking and I hadn't been sleeping on, you know, Joshua Hooks's futon in his right. studio apartment <laughs> in Los Angeles. And, you know, if I hadn't been doing that and working at a temp agency and all those other things, if that was my first job and you would ask me about it and I, it, it, you know, the information I would give you would be a 100% accurate and truthful and it wouldn't have been further from the truth of what, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If that had been my first job, I mean, you know, I remember one of the, you know, um, Ginger, who plays Nikki on the show, she was like, hey, what are some of your favorite songs? Let's have it played for us when we come on set. Or, you know, and you're just like, what? You're asking what? for yeah. a playlist? Yeah. You, you know, the, the hair and makeup person is like making, you know, your own personal latte for you because they want you to feel comfortable. Oh, right? wow. <laughs> I mean, you know, they were like, we like this razor, Drew, so we're going to give it to you so you yeah. can always trim your beard by yourself at home. You don't need it. I mean, the... And the yeah. gifts and like the the spread of food and it yeah. was just it was a, a decadent experience and so there was a little imposter syndrome happening and and you know where I was like I am I what am I doing right like what's happening right <laughs> is now is this a Marvel thing <laughs> <laughs> oh a, a serious question here I, and by the way you're not the only one like all of the people that we've had on on these from these MCU projects concur with that it's like a great experience it's happy yeah. they're very giving and very but my we does everyone have to sign an nda do you guys have to sign ndas also like you can't spit like is that a, just a thing anybody that's on this show nda you can't say a word i think i don't remember how many pages the <laughs> stuff was that we had to sign yeah but when shit. i say we were in like 60 or 70 pages wow, wow. in my trailer before i could 
you know, get on set. It was an exorbitant amount of pages. <laughs> it was a, ple- a yeah. plethora of pages. Um, and, and that was one of the things that I'm so scared about. You know, I mean, the threat on set is if you leak anything or we see your phone or so. But let's not kid ourselves. The series regulars were like snapping selfies. Right. Yeah, yeah, like, right, right. Exactly. And they were just like, we're not going to leak them. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just so threatened of a, any kind of lawsuit. Right. I didn't, I didn't put it on my resume. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't really know what I was allowed <laughs> to talk about. And yeah. then I was still like, they were like, oh, you can talk about stuff that's already happened, Drew. And I was like, oh, okay. So I guess I'm not. <laughs> okay. I can't tell you like anything else I know. I can only speak past tense. Yes, right. Yes. Exactly. I love that, though. It's mm-hmm. awesome to hear that it was a good experience for you because that's all you really mm-hmm. ever want. You know, you love the craft. You love what you do. Yeah. And you just want to be excited to go to work every day. That's really all yes. we're looking for, you know? That's awesome. It was, it was so good. I, I wasn't used to that much um, blue screen. Yeah. And um and uh green screen. Uh and I wasn't used to that many cameras. Mm-hmm. I um because of the it's, it's not stop, is it stop motion? What do you call it with they like, got the uh, whole CGI with the with the ping pong the balls and ping all that. Yeah, yeah. Tracksuit. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, and it, I would just it looked like hundreds of DSLRs um they're just like they're tracking stuff. It does, they're not filming the show with the DSLR obviously. Right. But, right. But like just all these it must have been 16 to 20 cameras in every setup. Just wow. For, just for the motion capture. Your, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, of course we had our uh, Alexa or whatever. You yeah. Know, right. Uh, the, the Ari or the Ari or whatever you say. But, um, you know, all obviously those were there, but, um, but yeah, every time you would finish a scene, they would shuttle you to another uh, lot, another warehouse on the lot. Then you would go and stand in front of a specific camera that was curtained off, mm-hmm. and you had to stand <laughs> your arms out and as if you were running. Yes, you had to do these things right, and so they would, and then the back of you, and and in the outfit that uh, you were in the wardrobe that you were wearing, and then um, yeah, then they took us to the, the three hundred and sixty yeah. um, trailer, and so you had to you had to get it in case. Um, uh, I guess the CGI is there and they want you there, but you can't, they can just alter your image. Right. To which one actor on set was like, how does the union feel about you duplicating my image? <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, without me acting? Cause if, and he, and he legit, I never saw him again, but he legit <laughs> said <laughs> one day I was there and we were all getting our scans and he was saying like, um, like, is that, is that kosher that, um, you could, write me into a scene and I'm not technically be there. How will I know? How will I get compensated? Right. And uh, we were like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Only Feige knows where that guy is now, right? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and that's when the podcast turned back. Exactly. <laughs> no, you know. That's funny as shit. I love that, man. That's so funny. For all you Yellowstone fans out there, he went to the train station. That's right. He, he was taken to the train, to the train station. station. <laughs> Get it. That's fucking great, man. But, dude, this has been awesome. Uh, one more yeah. thing before you yeah, go. Something else we've been trying on the podcast. It's been very fun. Um, but we want to know, is there an embarrassing story or moment on set or on stage? Because you said you know you had a little stuff happen on stage that was absolutely traumatizing 
when you went through it, but now you can sit back and laugh about it. Yes. <laughs> so confident. Without hesitation. Yeah. I had booked House of Cards. Mm. And I was a very insecure uh, actor mm -hmm. who didn't feel like he belonged there. And they were shooting two units, had an A unit and a B unit yep. on the day. And we were at a disclosed location. It's somewhere in Maryland or, you know. And I get there to the security gate and the guy says, he's like, uh, yeah, uh, how can I help you? And I was like, I'm here to film. And he was like, background? And I said, no, uh, principal. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, he goes, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> come on this way. And, and I was like, okay. Um, all right. Yeah. Whatever. And, uh, and so he was, so basically, uh, he was like, uh, did you bring your own wardrobe? And I was like, yeah, sure did. Because it was a last minute booking and they were like, we don't have time oh. to fit everybody for suits. So oh, can shit. you bring a suit that you feel good about and we might approve it and compensate you for your suit. Oh, nice. Wow. So okay. I brought my own clothes. But this led to the gentleman believing that I was a background who had brought his own <laughs> hair and makeup. Damn. And so they put me in holding oh. with background. And oh. they and I was like, I think I'm supposed to be performing, guys. Yeah, and they right. were like, where's the call sheet? And I was like, they didn't give me one because the second AD just texted me the dropped pin where I'm supposed to show up. Right. Right. And I was like, so I have this. And he was like, I don't know who this is. So like, you're going to wait here. Um, oh, my gosh. So the first AD calls me and wants to know why. Why are you late? And I got to explain, I am here with security. <laughs> they do not believe I am on the show because I can't tell them a fucking thing yeah. about the show. Exactly. <laughs> because I don't know, because I never saw a script. Oh, shit. Oh. I don't know. I was attorney right. something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. He apparently oh knows gosh. more than I do. Right, exactly. And that was the episode that Robin um, decided to, Robin Wright decided to direct. Oh, shit. She wanted us. Uh, she was uh, um, getting into doing it more, right? Right. So right. They wanted her to take a small special group for this little car green screen <laughs> shot where we're, we're all in a Cadillac that's really just in a garage and it's right. green screen all around. And like, so it was just four of us. Mm. So she had wanted to do kind of her own thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was so jacked up. I was like, I. I don't want to be here anymore. Like right. I don't want to. I don't want to be here today. Anxiety, and man. It. I had like three sentences, and it took every ounce of energy to not throw up. <laughs> oh man! Say three sentences because I was like being a. I was accused of like right. trying to get on a set, and yeah. I literally didn't have any information. Yeah. I wasn't on a list because oh, it was a private little B unit right. splinter group shooting stuff. Mm. And I've never forgotten that. Uh, no, that's been, a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> of being late. Yeah, yeah exactly. Then, like all these things that, because it sounds like it was a very quick process and you got there and you're like, all right, this, this, this. And then you're like, wait, what the fuck? This is not right? going how I thought it was going to go. Like, no, yeah, I talk I mean, about anxiety. And, and, you know, I just, uh, that was a, 
That was a tough one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, but, you made it Marvel through, man. Look at you now. Yeah. Look exactly. at you now. You're exactly. killing it. Listen, man, this has been absolutely amazing. We can't thank Aww. you enough for coming on, bro. Um, really, That's anytime, nice. anytime you want to come on, you're welcome back. Um, we do a Great. top five segment every week. Uh, this next week is going to be, you know, top five heroines and of female heroines, like superheroes or yeah. real life. Glad you clarified. And, yeah, yeah no. right. Like, wow. And that's when the podcast. <laughs> <came> <laughs> oh man! But you made that a callback reference. Yes, exactly. no, that's all throughout. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's all about social media now. So, where can people follow you? Yeah, Drew L. Matthews is uh, on Insta. I, I can't stand Facebook. Uh, yeah. My mother's <laughs> it's on all Facebook. good. My mom's on Facebook, and I, and I can't. I mean, I have a fan page that I don't check. Like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. No, it's 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 uh, sorry to anyone who's ever tried to message me. Right, uh, exactly. People, Insta's where people it's at. It's all good. They've been sent, like, religiously no, following. Is, yeah, Instagram is cool. And, um, and then on Twitter, Drew L. Matthews. Like, my middle name is Lane, so that's what the L is for. Cool. There it is, man. There it is. I love it. Well, listen, man, take care. I'll be reaching out to you, letting you know when this thing will drop. And like I said, anytime you want to come back on, more than welcome. Hell yeah, man. Hopefully, I'll have something phenomenal. (laughs) Oh, no doubt. It'll be enlightening. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you guys are rock stars. Thanks for having me here. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. You have a good night, brother. All right, guys. All right, take care. Man, that dude, I just feel like, you know, he's just enjoying the process. Yeah, that dude is clearly, like, loving life. Yeah. I mean, you know, I just, everything about that conversation, he never stopped smiling. Yeah. It's that's a guy who is literally, when he says living the dream, you could tell he's living his dream. Literally. And that's awesome, man. I know. So many good stories, and man, I can only imagine the level of anxiety with that whole house of cards shit. Right. I'm just like, oh my god, <laughs> I promise you I'm supposed to yeah, be yeah. here. Yeah. Um, Oh, Why fuck, are man. you late? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm actually not. Okay? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm here. being detained yeah. with, with the background guys. It's like, so you know. funny, so <laughs> funny. Well, listen, thank you so much, Drew Matthews, for coming on the show. All right, now it is time for the top five segment, and man, oh man, this week it is top five reality shows. Oh my goodness, it I had know. to happen. It, it had, had to happen. happen. <laughs> At some point in time, it was there. But man, for me, this one goes back to childhood memories, watching like the actual original Japan version, which was always very entertaining because you had no idea what they were saying, but you always can tell like obviously people's inf- uh, inflections and their excitement and things. So anytime they would get really excited, I'd just be like, yeah, but I'm talking about Ninja Warrior, the original Ninja Warrior. I just thought that one was so freaking cool seeing all of these different, you know, athletic people some of them firefighters some of them like just everyday school teachers different things like that going through crazy ass obstacle courses and like figuring out a way to become the next ninja warrior and it's just such a cool like thing especially to get active and fit and people are making businesses here now in the states that are kind of like ninja warrior based where there's like an obstacle course and you can pay to go through it and shit which is so smart kudos for people who made that up but it was so entertaining to watch and it gets my adrenaline pumping so of course that's why i had to put it on my list number five ninja warrior there you go my number five i feel like there is no reality tv show list without this one because i feel like 
almost everything spawned off of the success of this one, even if it wasn't music related. And I'm, of course, talking about American Idol. I mean, come on. It's the Mac Daddy original uh, reality show singing competition and launched so many freaking careers, you know. Uh, mostly the, the, <laughs> the most successful people coming off the show didn't win. But two winners are, of course, massively huge, Kelly Clarkson and um, Carrie Underwood. But then so many of the runners up or whatever have massive careers. I mean, Jennifer Hudson, freaking Oscar winner. She, she what? She's one away from the Ega or like it's just, and Simon told her she'd never make it. I mean, come on this show it, it in its heyday. It it's not in my opinion, as great as it was. It's just kind of lost some of its flair, but in its heyday with its original cast and, and what it was, it, it was freaking phenomenal. And it was a massive, huge, everybody had to watch it every week and families would gather around kind of a thing. So it's hard not to put this one on the list. My number five American idol. Oh yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Number four for me, um, there, this guy's got a lot of different shows happening in the wilderness. I'm talking about Bear Grylls. Uh, he's got a lot of different stuff. But the one that I particularly like in watching the most is Running Wild with Bear Grylls. Because that's when he brings the celebrities on and makes them go through what he goes through. And like makes them spend the night in the wilderness and just all the different things. And you get to see a real human side of these celebrities and these actors, because I think that's also very important. That's why we like doing the show. So you can see the human side of these people and we don't have to put them up on a pedestal because they're just everyday human beings. Um, but yeah, I think that's a very interesting look at, you know, their fears and their not fears. That's why we like watching hot ones because you get to get that, you know, the persona, the wall drops and they're able to be themselves. And I think this show does that brilliantly. So that's why number four for me is running wild with Bear Grylls. There you go. That's a good one. That's mm -hmm. a great one. My number four, we were talking about it on, on this podcast, like several times over the last couple of years where it was coming back and then it's just kind of fallen to the wayside and we haven't heard much about it anymore. And I don't know if it's dead in the water or what, but I'm talking Project Greenlight. Uh, what a phenomenal reality show this was. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and Chris Moore. And basically this is, there was a contest. You would submit your script and, and you would go through this series of things where it was judged. And then if you won... You got to make your movie with a million-dollar budget. Chris Moore and Ben Affleck and Matt Damon would produce and be involved in every aspect of it. And it was basically, if you've never made a movie before kind of a thing, this was your opportunity to be on the set of a movie, be in the production office of a movie, and see how it's made from start to finish and how you have to try to pull everything together from casting to your budget to locations to studio approval to like all these different things. And it was such a phenomenal inside look at the industry and how a movie is made. And um, it, it was a stark reality, I think, for so many of these people that competed in this contest and inevitably became the, became the winner and butting heads with, no, but this isn't my vision and this is what I want. And the reality of how the system actually works. And um, it ran for several seasons and it was outstanding gave us look Shia LaBeouf one of Shia LaBeouf's very early the Battle of Shaker Heights films he was a participant in this project the Project Greenlight and his movie Amy Smart was in that um and uh Foggy from Daredevil just um so many people that that this this show launched um I wish it I wish it does come back because it's a phenomenal phenomenal look at I can't even speak I need more coffee a phenomenal look at the reality of filmmaking. And while it is film and it's glamorous and it's Hollywood and it's stars and it's all that, 
it is not easy. It can be a nightmare sometimes. And it is, it, it, it takes a lot of skill and a lot of talent, and a lot of patience to be a filmmaker. And this show really highlighted that. And I hope they really do bring it back so that people can see what it takes to make a film. It definitely inspired me even more. So when I was early on wanting to be a filmmaker to go, Holy shit, this is like, this is intense. Is this what it's going to be? And so, yeah, it was a great choice. Great choice. Number three for me goes to fear factor. I know a lot of people are like, "Eh, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan. Yeah, I know. Everybody has their own opinions, but I like the guy. He's a dick, but it's fine. (laughs) Um, I, I mean, I always enjoy it too, because his commentary, when people are going through shit, he's just like, Oh, that's fucking gross. Like, it's just the dynamic of it. And then there's sometimes where, you know, people are actually freaking out and he can or like helps them like chill out, calm down. And he's actually there for them. Um, but just, you know, to put yourself in that situation, I think that's why I like watching the show so much. Like, would I eat a fucking bull testicle? Probably not. But, like, just to be there, I think would be absolutely hilarious. So, number three for me is Fear Factor. A classic, classic. Hell yeah. I loved every second of this show. I, w- I-, I wish they would bring this show back. There's been talk about this this one, too. I would love... I mean, where else can you eat testicles? Like, like, like rectum skin yeah. and, like, all this shit that these people had to eat or be covered in fucking roaches and just yeah. like you know this the stunt stuff was cool too you know doing these high wire things over yeah. water or having to walk a balance beam over concrete or whatever but it's the eating shit that i think everybody got into on this show like yeah. oh my god they have to like it was so good i'm with you man i wish they would bring that one back so bad uh my number three is the voice <laughs> uh it is it's the voice um it's the spawn of if you will my number five american idol it took the idea, it ran with it in a whole different direction, um, you know, where the, the where the judges couldn't see them at first. It was a blind audition, and they had to just go with it based on what they thought and turn around and do it. Um, I think they've been very successful with the team-ups that they do. That was a little bit different to start off. Um I think it's been successful because they've so successfully, where sometimes American Idol did not, the voice has been successful with rotating their their crew of judges. Um, and, uh, and they never had an age limit where mm-hmm. American Idol did initially. And so I think it was more open and more viable for so many more people initially. Um, I, I, it's just, it's a great competition show. It like American Idol has launched a lot of stars and, um, and it's just good. It's another inside look at showing you what it takes to be able to break into that industry and, you know, and that it's not as easy as it, or as glamorous as it always seems to be. And, um, I do like that. I think that Blake and, and the rotating, you know, panel of, uh, judges and, uh, stuff, they do a really good job of actually, um, guiding and encouraging these people and not sugarcoating it for them saying, Hey, look, this is an industry and it is hard, but with the right, this and the right, that we can get you there and kind of a thing. And I really like that. I think that was, works a little bit better. I don't think that the, the American Idol judges ever really got into that type of a mentor type thing. So I think that's why the voice kind of surpassed American Idol at one point and has just never looked back. So my number three, the voice. For sure, for sure. Number two for both of us is Survivor. (laughs) (laughs) We still want to get Jeff on the show. Yes, come on, Jeff. Come on. But I mean, this show, like this... It was one of the first ones, like American Idol, to get out there and experience something different. And it really just is a big social experiment. If you oh go back and like 
watch season one about how people played and then how people play now, it's absolutely different because the only, like, there was only one or two people who were playing a social game in the very first season. They were all just trying to compete and, you know, finish the challenges and find immunity and all that good stuff. But to play the social game, that becomes, I would say, more important than the actual challenges. So I just think it's a very interesting social experiment every single season and i mean they're in season like 43 now so i mean they're obviously doing something right and yeah fiji man that is the destination place to go it looks so beautiful i mean facts and you know season 43 because they do it twice a year guys if you're not familiar they do it twice a year and yeah how old is the show emily my daughter uh was one y'all <laughs> college graduate and about to get married now. That's how long this show has been on the air. I mean, come on. That, that, that very few shows see that type of a run. But you're right. I think a lot has to do with the social experiment. This thing deals with, it's a snapshot of society. It deals with racism. It deals with homophobia. It deals with so many aspects of what society is dealing with within a click on an island of these people. And you can see the true nature of people. But what I really enjoy about the show is that you can also see sometimes that hatred, that that outlook of how you view other people's overcome. And these people actually become friends and work together and say, hey, you know, when I came on this island, I wasn't a fan of these type people or this type of religion or this type of whatever. And they bond together and they overcome that and realize, hey, we're all just in this thing together, man. Not just this competition on the island, but life. And it's so much better if we just work together kind of a thing. So if the show has been able to do that, which it has so successfully, it doesn't get any better than that. If you could take a fun reality show, make it a competition, everybody's watching, but you can also help dictate society and where it's going for the better that's fucking awesome yeah because i remember last season there was a contestant who was um muslim and they would practice their prayers every day and it was such an open dialogue of he told them you know what his religion was and he told them if you guys have any questions i'm very open to it and people would literally watch him pray and how he would do his process and i thought that was it was very eye-opening and very relieving to see that because you know you think about America and how basically it's one big umbrella of Christianity. I mean, all your different factions, but to be able to be a Christian and also be interested and curious about other people's religions is very nice. And because if you look back at so many things, a lot of wars, especially back in the day, were started because of fucking religion. So it's just, it's really cool to see where we are now. We still have a lot to go, but. Those few moments like that that we see on Survivor, it's very special, and it's very good to see. Um, number one for me, oh my god, uh, I love it. I mean, I this is my guilty pleasure. You guys <laughs> fucking know it, and especially what it is now. I can watch literally however many fucking seasons there are. It's so crazy, but em- Emily cannot. Um, she hates the first the like the beginning because they they didn't know what they were doing they didn't know i know i fucking saw it (laughs) they didn't know i'm talking about the kardashians they didn't know the dynamic and how does film and all their day-to-day lives i'm sure that was very intimidating but where they are now it's also grown so much as like this fucking fandom like ah it's just so good the kardashians are so damn good but it's also really good to see 
you know, their family dynamic. Yeah, they fucking talk about problems that don't matter to regular people. Like, we went and we watched the latest episode, and the mom, Chris, she went to a dispensary because she's been having hip problems, and she spent nearly $1,000 in one trip, like 700 and something dollars for, like, just trying different gummies and shit, and I thought that was hilarious. But it's a good inside look of, you know, they are also real people, even though they were brought up in this spotlight so it's good to see so that's why number one is the kardashians such a guilty pleasure yeah and you know it's hard to not be at least somewhat inspired by the family Mm -hmm. listen i know it gets knocked all the time and chris is still out there trying to deny it all and everything look the fact Mm -hmm. is they're famous they got money because she pimped out the daughter's sex tape and they made a shit ton of money off of it but listen guys people win the lottery all the time and get tons of money they end up broke because they don't know what to do you can like them or hate them but this family has taken the opportunity with that money regardless of how they get and they have turned it into an empire and these kids have spawned their own businesses off of it and they're succeeding on their own in different avenues and around it's hard not to be inspired by people who have a drive and a knowledge and use it and, and better themselves out of it. I mean, it, it's look at it that way. If you hate the Kardashians, look at it that way and what they've been able to do with the opportunity that was given to them. Whether you like it or not, I mean, it's a success story from top to bottom. And yeah, I mean, they're all entrepreneurs. Yeah. Every single I mean, one you of know, them. So. It's hey, is it, is it kind of shitty how they got the initial money? Yeah, that's your opinion. I don't know. But what they've done with it, nobody can argue. So uh, speaking of entrepreneurs and um, making the most out of every opportunity, my number one, as you guys know, this is my obsession show, Shark Tank. I fucking love Shark Tank. I cannot get enough of it. Every week I am just, bam, locked in. I love all of them except for Barbara. Barbara, don't don't hate me. I'm just like, I just, I don't know, Barbara. I don't know. Convince me different. I'm sorry. Um, I think that the reason I was so gravitated to, to this show uh, at first is because anybody in our industry knows, whether you're in the film side of it like us, or if you're in music, or if you're, you know, just somewhere involved in the entertainment industry, at some point, somewhere along the way, you have to pitch, right? Pitching is, is, is the name of the game in this industry. It's how you get everything done. Um, it's not easy to do guys standing up in a room in front of people and laying out your plan, your idea, your passion, and trying to get it sold and or money for it is ridiculously, ridiculously hard. And I think the reason I love Shark Tank so much is because it has inspired so many people to get out of the comfort zone and overcome that fear and get in front of people and talk about your passion and make it happen. Take your shot. And I think anything that can do that and make somebody go after the dream, no matter what your dream is, it's worthy of being a, being awesome. And I think I just think Shark Tank and what it's done for so many people over the years, even if they don't successfully pitch, the idea that you overcame the fear of making the pitch is enough to make you move on in life far more successful than you were prior to that. So that's why I love it, man. I, I just I want to go on there so freaking bad, just like and pitch to Cuban. I just want to pitch to Cuban uh, and so Mr. Funny. Wonderful. And like, Mr. Come on, <laughs> come on. So Robert and Lori, I feel like they just love it. You know, they're, they're just so friendly and everything. I want to pitch to Cuban and Mr. Wonderful 
Because I don't think Mr. Wonderful would tell us to take it out back and shoot it. Like, he wouldn't do it. You'd love us, Mr. Wonderful. Oh, my goodness. Well, guys, we want to know, what is your favorite reality show? Be sure to comment below in the YouTube section or add us on Twitter at JLoFantastic or CrazyAntGuy1970. We love the interaction, so be yes. sure to let us know. We love it. Now time for the box office recap. Uh, Smile did come up on number one last week mm. with $22.6 million. Don't Worry Darling was at number two with six point eight. The Woman King with 6.8 as well. Avatar came in at number four with 5 million. And Bros came in at number five yeah. with five, well, like 4.8 million. And can we just talk about the disappointment in that? Are we saying, are we are we sending a stark message to, to uh, society again that we maybe aren't ready to see a romantic comedy about two gay men? Apparently. Like, wh- why? Why? This movie looked extremely entertaining. It had a great cast. It got t- plenty of marketing. Looked like it was just going to be all in, and then it just bombed horribly, and it's just, that's sad. That's well, sad. like we said earlier in the show, like, we've come a long way, but we still have a long way to go. We do. So, it's, we just, do. it's crazy, but it does look hilarious. Like, the fucking trailer made me laugh, so yeah, come I mean, on. come on. Uh, new movies that are coming out are Pardoned by Christ, uh, After Sun, uh, uh, Terrifier 2, Bonnie, and Amsterdam came out this week. So, a lot of interesting things, so be sure to let us know what you think about those. Yes. Movies you can still go see right now, um, Barbarian, Bullet Train, DC... League of Super Pets and Top Gun Maverick still flying, still, still flying. flying. That, that plane ain't grounded yet. <laughs> no, that's definitely the movie of the summer. To oh, be honest. oh yeah, I think so. Like, um, and of course, now we're heading over to the IMDb Pro's top trending segment this week. The top number one movie was Blonde. I mean, it was getting a lot of attention, good and bad. Good and bad. So we're happy to see it there. Top trending TV show, this is by no surprise, Dahmer, Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, of course. And with that being said, Evan Peters, who plays Jeffrey Dahmer, is the top trending star. Only makes sense. Terrifying, um, by the way. Yeah. How well he plays. Very <laughs> creepy, man. Very freaking creepy. Uh, well, guys, thank you so much for getting crazy with us on episode 209 of Inside yes! the Crazy Ant Farm. we got to thank our guest, Drew Matthews, one more time for getting crazy with us. And be sure to go follow him on Instagram. And be sure to follow the company and podcast on Instagram. We're at Crazy Ant Media everywhere. And we're also at It Calf Podcast anywhere. Yes. And you guys know you can follow us both personally on social media. My at JLo Fantastic and at Crazy Ant Guy 1970. And you guys know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. We're talking about Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so many others, yes. man. And of course, be, ter- be sure to subscribe <laughs> to the YouTube channel, like the video, and ring the bell for all the latest and greatest notifications that are coming down in crazy ant media and of course be sure to visit our website www.crazyantmedia.com where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear especially for the holiday season right around the corner be sure to follow us on social media so you can know those sales dates that's what it's all about man it's, what it's, it's all about. totally what it's all about but man it was a good show there was a lot of uh good news to talk about but i must say we we were a little disappointed with the industry this week there there was a lot of good news but there wasn't that one 
breakout story. That's what we were waiting on. But I think my favorite thing this week was the Wakanda trailer. I mean, that oh. was just so badass. Seeing more of Namor and seeing him actually more in his element flying. And yeah, so I mean, a lot of good stuff. And a lot of good stuff coming as well. So that's what we're super excited about. And we're super excited about watching Fire Country. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I can't wait to bring that one. I, Max Terrio, come on the show, buddy. Seriously. Please come on the show. I've been a longtime fan. We both have. And you just we want to talk to you, buddy. Um, yeah, my favorite for sure, all the Marvel news, definitely the trailer. It's, I think it's going to be a really strong tribute to Chadwick Boseman and, uh, and then just be its own. It's just going to come out and slam on its own level and, and just be its own film. And, uh, I loved the fact that, that Namor, the actor playing Namor had to come out and tell everybody he's not a bad guy because the, the trailer, the newest trailer does kind of portray him as a pretty badass bad guy, but he said, Hey, I'm an anti-hero. I'm not a bad guy. Don't make me the villain, like kind of thing. I thought that was hilarious, but um, yeah, it's exciting, you know. And um, I also was I enjoyed talking about the whole CW thing, and I'm really curious about where that's headed and where yeah. that's going. And um, yeah, a lot of good news, like you said, a lot of good stuff, a lot of good stuff. Well, you guys, you know we have to wa- honor the one and only because she's the only one that matters, and we're hoping to get her on the show one day. Come on, Come on the one, the only. 